You're watching India Decides. Tonight, the government has fast-tracked changes by clearing an ordinance on anti-rape laws. Will this dilute or give teeth to the battle against sexual violence? That's the first of the big questions we're asking tonight. Also, on the program, Salman Rushdie makes it clear that he was asked to stay away from Kolkata. Was vote bank politics behind the West Bengal government's snub to the author of The Midnight's Children. But first, a look at all the other top headlines of the day. A Korean woman in her 20s was allegedly drugged and raped in a resort in Madhya Pradesh's Bandhavgarh National Park. In a complaint, she says she was raped on the 14th of January, but only mustered up the courage to report it now. The resort is owned by a BJP MLA of Madhya Pradesh. The compromise talks on Vishwarupam between the Tamil Nadu government representatives Kamal Hassan's team and protesting groups did not manage to reach a conclusion. In a preliminary meeting, the protesters demanded the presence of Kamal Hassan, who is in Mumbai. The meeting is now likely tomorrow. After a poor rainfall, onion prices have shot up. The Delhi Chief Minister has written to Agriculture Minister Sharad Pawar asking him to intervene and crack down on hoarders. The Commerce Ministry is also holding meetings to find ways of bringing the prices down. The Supreme Court said today that the sociologist Ashish Nandi cannot be arrested for remarks made by him at the Jaipur Literary Festival, squashing an FIR filed by the Rajasthan police for his comments on Dalits. The court also issued notices to four other states as well as the centre. A major terror strike in Turkey. A suicide bomber blew himself up right outside the U.S. Embassy building in Ankara, killing a security guard and injuring several others. But first, our big story tonight. The government has stepped on the gas on anti-rape laws and has done that by bringing out an ordinance tonight which toughens some of the existing laws but also concerns about whether it has left out other crucial changes to the laws. For more on that, Sunil Prabhu joins me uh, live from New Delhi. He's been tracking that cabinet meeting. Uh, Sunil, if you can run us through some of the key decisions or the key points of this ordinance that the government has brought out uh, evidently to strengthen anti-rape laws. Uh, that's right, Srinivasan. Some of the, uh, uh, those amendments that have been passed uh, and will take into effect once the president uh, uh, signs that ordinance, we are hoping by later tonight uh, it will become uh, the law of the land, of course, subject to parliament, uh, passing it in both houses of parliament in the budget session, which will be convening on the 21st of February. Uh, what we have been told is that they have gone a longer distance in terms of the penalty. While the Justice Verma uh, did not recommend the death penalty, and many women's groups who are arguing against it, uh, they have decided to go ahead and recommend the death penalty in the rarest of rare cases. Of course, it will be left to the discretion of the judge. Uh, and of course, uh, of the they would like to see that the convict uh, remain uh, for its full uh, remainder of his life in prison uh, when he is accused of sexual assault uh, or one of those uh, sexual offences. But that, of course, is the discretion of the judge. The other point where the uh, cabinet has not agreed with the Justice Verma Committee is on uh, the question of uh, what they call uh, the consent uh, in terms of uh, sexual assault, whether it can be considered marital rape, can be considered uh, 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 acceptable. They have omitted that clause because they find it there needs to be a more precise and clear definition, so they haven't accepted that. Uh, but otherwise, they have broadly accepted most of Justice Verma's 
recommendations that have been given in the criminal law. There is a new definition for sexual harassment based on what has been passed in Parliament in the, uh, the Vishakla judgment, which has uh, been uh, enacted by, uh, by, uh, by the Lok Sabha in, 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 in consonance with the Supreme Court's uh, uh, judgment. Uh, they have also uh, added new clauses, indecent gestures in terms of what will be sexual assault. Uh, they have, there's an entire uh, section which has be, been defined in that. And then, of course, uh, the word rape has been, uh, has been replaced by sexual assault uh, completely in the IPC. So, broadly, a lot of changes. They have also included uh, those. Uh, 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 the, the, they have amended the IPC for the acid attack. So, a number of broad changes. Broadly, the government wants to show its political commitment, as you rightly said, nice. uh, that uh, it, it wants to go ahead and make it safer for uh, women in this country, uh, how they go about it in the next few days, uh, especially since uh, this was already being discussed by the Standing Committee and it's slated to meet on the 4th. Uh, but nevertheless, it will be given opportunity uh, for this country uh, to look at these uh, laws uh, far, far more seriously. Right, Sunil uh, Prabhu, thanks very much indeed there uh, with that breaking news coming in. So just to quickly recap before I throw this to my panel that the government passing an ordinance tonight which brings in some changes to the existing anti-rape laws, the most significant of which is that they have recommended that the death penalty be given uh, to what they call the rarest of rare cases of rape. They also claim to have broadened the definition uh, of rape and uh, they have also managed uh, to bring in some changes uh, pertaining to the actual vocabulary of the definition of whether you call it rape uh, or, in, or do you in fact call it sexual violence. Uh, but of course there are those who might feel that a lot has been left out as well. Uh, joining me to debate that is uh, Abhishek Manu Singhvi, Congress spokesperson, leading advocate. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Also uh, one of uh, the country's leading lawyers, Soli Sorabji, uh, joins us on the program. Uh, also joining me is... Uh, Kavita Krishnan, who is the Secretary of the All India Progressive Women's Association, someone who is at the forefront of the protests uh, after the Delhi gang rape. And also joining me, Ranjana Kumari, Director of the Center for Social Research. Uh, we'll also have Siddharth Vadarajan of uh, the Hindu Managing Editor joining us in just a second. But first, if I can come to you, Abhishek Singhvi, could you explain to us some of the rationale behind this government's rather sudden decision to have this cabinet meeting and pass an ordinance uh, with all these changes. You had the Justice Verma Commission report. It's quite an elaborate report. Uh, one would have thought the government would mull over it and then come up with a wider uh, set of changes in the law. Uh, but why, why this sudden step? Clearly, the answer was given partly by your correspondent. shows the commitment the sincerity and the urgency with which the government views these things. It's a little amusing that had the government taken longer, everybody would be asking the reverse question, why are you taking longer? But the government showed alacrity in appointing the Verma Commission first. The Verma Commission did a very commendable job in a very short time and I think the government has done the right thing. These of course will require the scrutiny of parliament, so there is no problem. Uh, they will continue largely or with some minor modification. But I want to make two or three very quick points, Srinivasan. Yes. Uh, one, that largely most of the recommendations of the Verma Committee, many of which have been accepted now, are unacceptable and they are good and they should be brought in and I don't personally expect any major modification in the parliamentary session to come. And many of the ones brought in now by the ordinance are therefore valid and good and I'm not going to details for lack of time. The inclusion of the death penalty, of course, 
and this I am speaking personally, not as uh, for the Congress, because the Congress has not decided on individual recommendations in that sense, uh, is an issue, I think, because uh, practice shows that where death penalty is involved, the rate of acquittal or the tendency to let people go off is higher. The reason, beyond reasonable doubt test is, apply, uh, is applied. So you are saying at the level the manner, of the Congress, uh, at the level the of the Congress, you are so not severe. fully convinced about so, the death penalty so, aspect. I, per, this is my personal view, not at the level of the Congress. I made that very clear. But the other exclusion, I think that again is my personal view, but I am happy at the exclusion. The exclusion of marital rape, that's more controversial. I think the whole approach of the government is get on with the less controversial issues. There are more to come which we will discuss in Parliament. Uh, very few countries have marital rape yes. as an offence. Uh, in India, already, if you are separated judicially, then marital rape already is an offence. Okay, now, the question of consent in a non-judicially separated marriage yes. is, is an issue because we've already had problems with 498A. So it requires very impeccable policing and absent that degree of impeccable policing, I think the jury is still out on marital rape. So okay, I think that will go for further discussion. Okay, That's let's, the summary uh, of the whole thing. Alright, Abhishek, let me just uh, now bring the others in because I'm sure there will already be questions about some of the contentions you made. Uh, Kavita Krishnan, do you, first of all, what do you make, first of all, of this ordinance, the fact that they've brought it in? Do you accept Abhishek's contention that you're damned if you do and damned if you don't? And secondly, do you buy his argument that this has taken on board most of the Justice Verma recommendations? I personally can't see which recommendations of Justice Verma they've taken on, apart from perhaps broadening the definition of sexual violence. See, I think the first thing is that alacrity is always called for, but alacrity doesn't mean stealth and selectivity. Okay, so you do it suddenly, I'm, I'm hearing suddenly that at night this ordinance is going to become a law. And uh, the process, the one month long excellent process adopted by Justice Verma, yes. you're undoing a whole lot of that, undermining it by a few hours long cabinet meeting in which you are cherry picking. And not only cherry picking, you are kind of dra uh, drawing things out of the air and adding. Now, on the specific uh, recommendations, hmm. which I think are crucial to the spirit of Justice Verma. And which you believe that the which ordinance I believe has are not, are not I don't know. I haven't seen the ordinance. Yes. But from what I hear, from what you're telling me, uh, I, what I can only respond to what, uh, based on what you're, t what you're reporting. Now, I think that the first thing is that the Justice Verma recommendations, what is uh, new about them, is that they are redefining sexual violence from the perspective of women's autonomy, bodily integrity and dignity, rather and taking it firmly out of the whole paradigm of modesty and honor and okay. shame and all of right. that. Now, that crucial to that, that is not just a word, hmm. that, you know, hmm. crucial to that is the definition of consent which uh, Justice Verma has recommended, which is a completely new thing, whereby consent is explicitly yes or no by word or gesture. Okay. Now, that is something which should come into the law. I don't know if the ordinance is bringing it in or not. It doesn't seem to be at now, this stage. Now, the other thing is regarding uh, expansion of sexual violence. Now, I'm saying it's not just about replacing rape with sexual assault. The point is that the penetrative sexual assault, that you're supposed to expand that to cover uh, rape by instruments okay. as well. And also, you're supposed to bring in the whole range of... Now, is disrobing included in this ordinance? Is uh, is voyeurism included in this ordinance? I didn't hear okay, that. Okay, so let's, let's, let's... Before we get marital into the specifics... Rape. No, but yeah, on I marital rape specifically, I think it's important I, I to I want add. to come to marital yeah, rape, okay. and that's a whole one debate sentence. in itself. But I want to throw one, back... One the, sentence, Srinivasan. Yeah, one second. One uh, sentence. Abhishek, I want to just throw the main... Only one sentence. The main contention... Please don't think... The Please main contention that, the that Kavita is has the conversion made of the Verma committee recommendations. Sorry? Yes. I, I just want to throw the main the ordinance contention is that not she's a made. conversion of the Verma committee recommendations. Yes. They've only picked up a few. The rest will happen in the parliamentary session. Mm -hmm. So don't think this is exhaustive by any means. That's all I'm saying. No, no, but uh, what do you make of her contention 
that this has been brought in by stealth, this has been brought in by haste, this is cherry picking. And this is not respecting the elaborate effort that the Justice Verma Commission has put in. How can we say that? How can a cabinet meeting every Thursday or Friday be described as decision by stealth? This is the only known decision making process. Ordinances well, are open for be, the public and they will be ratified by parliament. Uh, the mistake Abhishek, is to assume Abhishek. that the ordinance is exhaustive listing of the Verma recommendations. Uh, uh, the no, ordinance uh, uh, only takes out a few which it considers unacceptable. Okay, Siddharth Adharajan wants to make a quick no, point. I would be curious to know how many days in advance was this draft ordinance circulated to different ministers. Uh, certainly, one is in touch with ministers all the time. One has never heard of this until today. Yes. Uh, it's quite possible that this was brought and shown to them for the first time today. And if that is indeed the case, and I hope it's not, I hope that this draft was with them for a week. Uh, you know, I think it does smack of unseemly haste. And I'm afraid uh, I cannot see the logic of uh, moving so quickly in such a manner when you have a deliberative process that existed until now. And when cabinet also provides for a del del deliberative mechanism through the circulation of drafts, yes. I can't see why any of that has been sidestepped. Okay, can I just bring in Soli Sorabji here? Uh, Mr. Sorabji, what do you make of the manner in which this ordinance has been brought in? We are going to get into the nitty-gritties of it in just a second, including this decision to, to award the death penalty in the rarest of rare cases. But do you accept the view of Siddharth Vardarajan and uh, of Kavita Krishnan that this is not the manner in which it should have been done? Actually, I think this whole discussion is bizarre. Okay. Who has seen the ordinance? Have you examined it? <coughs> Do you know what provisions were included, excluded? We have and the I gist of it. to say it's done by self. Sorry? Uh, we have the gist of it, sir. We you know can the only gist of argue the broadly. Is. You know what I mean to say is, ordinance, in order to show possibly, to convince the public of the government's commitment, sense of urgency and all that. And mind you, Ordinance is not the last word of the subject. It will be reviewed by Parliament. Suppose the idea was to keep up the momentum, to give effect to some of the recommendations of the Varma Committee about which there is really no disagreement. Marital rape, problematic. So they left out. And about murder, please, uh, capital sentence, don't forget Justice Varma has made it clear that if rape is coupled with murder, 302 comes in and there is a capital sentence. Now, there are many issues which you have to examine. Have they broadened it? Have they narrowed it? Have they increased the punishment? If they increase the punishment, to what extent? So I think Srinivasan, actually, you can't go really go into the details, except I do uh, agree with this. If the ordinance has been brought out, not so quickly, <laughs> I mean, but after some time, it would have shown more earnest application of mind on the subject, yes. but that by itself does not really... Uh, in part any infirmity to the orders. Oh, okay. Well, uh, isn't that the whole point though, sir, that the manner in which it has been brought out in such haste that it's very difficult for us sitting here to really go into the details since it's just come in a, in a, a very bald bullet point manner. And I think that primarily is what makes it hard to justify the no. entire process, given that it is the culmination of a very long exercise. A very brief response to what Mr. Surajji said. Perfectly yeah. right. He hasn't seen the ordinance. I haven't seen the ordinance. And yet, at tonight, at later tonight, it's going to become a law. When none of us has seen what, it's, what it is saying. It is not what the Justice Verma uh, Committee has come up with after a process. So this is something no citizen of India has seen. And it's going to become a law tonight. 
this is very very disturbing to me and i think that the required the requisite application of mind and process that is called for uh, and to say that controversial things will be missed out anything that disturbs the patriarchal status quo is going to be controversial all right whether it is including marital marital rape is not just some kind of added additional thing it's about recognizing a woman's personhood and autonomy yes. over her own body whether she is married or whether she is not this is not something which can be an uh, uh, you know if or but right. this is crucial can i just ask you uh, abhishek uh, singhvi that you already have the standing committee of parliament on home which is sitting over precisely this over precisely the changes to the criminal amendment bill uh, which are meant to bring in a raft of changes pertaining to anti rape laws uh, they are having a meeting on monday in fact uh, isn't this ordinance going to provoke them into challenging this decision of the government uh, just the weekend before they are holding a meeting and say look this goes against the spirit of parliament uh uh mr shri i think there is some misunderstanding about the very process of ordinance law making which has to be clarified uh ordinance by definition and if you read the two articles of the constitution 123 and 213 is defined as intermediate urgent legislation bypassing parliament by definition therefore it means that it has to be urgent and immediate and there is no question of discussing ordinances in select committees standing committees or for weeks on end second point which is missed out is that this ordinance is passed based upon a painstaking exercise of one month by the verma committee which has got 25 30 40 recommendations but, but how they simply plucked out a few which they think can stand the test of time for 3 weeks thirdly this whole process of the standing committee and of parliament will start at the end of february everything the standing committee does or a new bill introduced in parliament or which parliament changes right. will supplant and replace the ordinance No, but so then really, what you're doing is you're no, no, saying but that's the whole we point. need these why five the, things. You're saying that this is this can is, go on now. This is the culmination of a process of justice. Justice Verma took a month, but the government seems to have taken literally 48 hours for the ordinance. Have they had time to deliberate over Justice Verma? Because they had the Justice Verma committee recommendations before them, on which they have plucked out five or six things. They have Srinivasan the uh, Justice Verma committee recommendations, of which they have plucked out five, six, seven things, which they think. in their wisdom are unacceptable the exercise okay. of the time period of one month yeah, is I'll already preceded the ordinance all right i'll 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 just come to all of you in just a second but uh, we've just got a reaction from the law minister ashwini kumar talking about precisely this uh, just a few minutes ago let's play that for you and we'll come back to our debate the cabinet has decided to recommend to honorable the president the promulgation of an ordinance ek bar fir which will contain the original provisions of the criminal law amendment ordinance that was being considered by the standing committee of parliament and will also contain most of the recommendations of the gs verma committee we believe that this is a progressive piece of legislation and is consistent with the felt sensitivities of the nation in the aftermath of the outrageous uh, and most brutal uh, incident in delhi uh, the upa government has assured the nation that it would act in the utmost expedition upon receipt of the verma committee right so uh, the law minister formally confirming that ordinance uh, can i just go across to ranjana kumari uh, who's not had a chance to come in yet uh, ma'am what do you make of the bringing in of this ordinance do you believe as some in the panel do that this was done in haste this is cherry picking or do you believe that this is the government actually walking the talk when it comes to anti rape legislation 
Well, Srinivasan, you cannot, uh, you know, ignore the politics of it because uh, we all knew from Justice of Verma himself that there was uh, the government official did not take his commission seriously. There was no response from them. Uh, Prime Minister took days to respond to and write to him. He did not receive the report himself. And there were so many, uh, you know, and also, of course, the anger across. So certainly something had to be done. And that is why immediately the ordinance has been brought. So we are not damning them for bringing the, bringing the ordinance. But what is it that they selected to bring? You know, that is the whole issue. The issue is that there, there was already pending, uh, you know, number of these uh, recommendations which are already, yes. uh, were already pending in the parliament for seven and a half years. Fine, there was nothing that was hurting anybody to bring those in. But Verma Commission is a very comprehensive report. Yes. It is not just a report to say you change the definition of rape. It is not a report to say just... So what you didn't bring in that what hurts you, that means that... Uh, the politicians who are sitting in different uh, yes. elected uh, houses, whether it is state assembly or parliament, you, that will hurt because if you bring an okay, ordinance so you're say saying that they should be debarred from contesting election. Wait, wait, one more minute because you gave me the Srinivasan last chance. Yes. Now, second thing is about, uh, you know, the consent, the whole idea of women's bodily, I mean, I think Kavita said it that, you know, you you don't want to even recognize that. You don't even want to. And then, then uh, bringing in the whole issue of, you know, the populist thing to say, okay, fine, we have accepted the rapist must be hanged. You know, this This is what the uh, the message is through the ordinance. Okay, can I get... And let me tell you, we have. I have also not read the uh, read the ad, uh, ordinance, so I really don't want to say anything very definitively for this particular program, but by tomorrow morning, we all will okay, know what is let, happening. Let's just get now, Abhishek... Death penalty. Death penalty was already there. If it is there, is there, there is already there. It was already there. If there is rape and murder. Three, so three, three, not two, will be uh, applicable. Okay, so let's get Abhishek case. to respond. So what kind of, uh, you know... Let's get Abhishek yeah. to respond to all the points that you're making. <laughs> Abhishek, uh, some of our panelists seem to be unconvinced that this ordinance has in fact incorporated any of Justice Verma's substantial uh, arguments and they believe that what has been left out is out of political expediency. How do we know without reading it? That's because Srinivasan, apart from the fact that we don't know all the details, yeah. But I, I do agree that this would have a shorter, a much l shorter list in the ordinance than in the Verma Commission. But that is because the phrase left out is wrong. There is no leaving out. An ordinance is only an interim measure of those five or exactly. seven items out of some 30 or 40 items which the Verma Commission has listed, which the government believes are relatively non-controversial and can be implemented even without the slightest parliamentary scrutiny. Okay. You are again and again yeah. thinking that this is the end. Right. This is the beginning. Yeah. That's the whole fallacy. Yeah, and in the beginning, if you have 5 out of 30 and you have the other 25 taken up after just 3 weeks, and then you will have an opportunity to add those 25 or even to modify these 5, hmm. I see no reason for cavilling. Okay. What is the uh, this is just Are any of these five, except of course, of personally I have expressed my view about that. Are Mr. any of these five wrong? Okay, okay. Uh, Siddharth Vadarajan, yeah. uh, they at least taking the first step, yeah. bringing in see, those on which there will be see, political consensus, why not give them credit? Vasu, one yeah. of the strong points of the Verma Committee report was the broad, holistic view that it took. Uh, to reduce that report uh, and everything it had to say, for example, on police reform, Yes on the responsibility of the security forces or commanders of security forces to yes. ensure that rape doesn't happen on their watch. To reduce that to few changes in the law, I'm not saying those changes are necessary, and as Mr. Sorabji says, we don't know what they are yet, right. so I don't want to commit either way. 
No, but he's on, saying, he's but saying I, this uh, is just the first no, step. No, I'm, I'm saying, you know, include no, my, no, my, no, my fear is that, uh, and this was the fear that, you know, all of us expressed editorially as well, that a, a complex report of uh, the kind that uh, Varma and his colleagues produced has some changes that are relatively easy to do, but the, it's the broad structural changes that he wants, cha that, that he recommends, which yeah. have to be, you know, you cannot lose sight of that. And my fear is that, there is a certain you know political gain that the Congress and the UP is obviously <coughs> going for, and I think death penalty is part of that process because it's clear that there is a pub, you know, public opinion perhaps favors this. Right. And, so and here you have an example of the government playing to the gallery on this issue. I'll just come to you for a, in a second, Kavita. If I can just go across to Mr. Sorabji. Mr. Sorabji, the fact that the Standing Committee of Parliament is meeting on the criminal amendment bill, which contains many of the similar provisions, many similar changes in the pipeline. Is that going to come into conflict with this ordinance? No, no, no. I think, Srinivasan, uh, I don't think you've understood the object of the ordinance. You have used the word cherry picking. Now, which cherries have they picked? Which cherries have they excluded? Whole question is this is not a final word. It's an interim measure to maybe to show the public that they are very serious, they were committed. They brought it in. Now, to the extent that there are recommendations of the Burma committee which are not really capable of serious dispute. Right. It's a good measure. Besides, this is not the final word. It would be having parliamentary scrutiny. Right. For example, I'm very anxious to know what have they done about the uh, sanction. Was it necessary for AFSA? By military personnel commit rape? I'm very interested to know that. I don't know it. So what do I comment? The, it's I not think there. It's not, we should sir, meet again. When we all read the ordinance, we'll meet you again tomorrow or the day after. <laughs> Okay, the, the thing is, to just recap, because uh, several of you have raised this, this question mark over what the ordinance contains, let me just recap what we reported at the outset and what my uh, colleague Sunil Prabhu summarized for us, uh, which is that, number one, this ordinance will recommend the death sentence in extreme cases, the term rape will be replaced by sexual assault, acid attacks okay. and other forms of uh, violence against women will be included within the definition of sexual assault, mm -hmm. but it will leave out marital rape at the moment the ordinance makes no mention of that as well as all the recommendations on ASPA and all of that has been left out of this ordinance. So that's in, in a gist what out? the ordinance says and what it doesn't say. Kavita Krishnan, come in now, very quickly. I, yeah, I want to uh, make the point that uh, firstly the question of the criminal law amendment bill, even that process, the standing committee process that you're talking about is actually why doesn't the standing committee discuss uh, the Justice Verma recommendations. Why wasn't Justice Verma given the criminal law amendment bill to say, okay, now you uh, adopt a process on that. So there's this parallel process, which is all an attempt, this ordinance as well as the standing committee, that's all an attempt to basically two track, several track, so that the Justice Verma recommendations become undermined and diluted, number is one. That, is that too Sec cynical of you? you think no, I don't think so at all. I don't think so yeah. at all. And I'm saying that about uh, this thing about it's being a start. I'm saying there are some things with which you could have made a start. Why not start with that? Right. You could have had an ordinance prohibiting the two-finger test and other kinds of uh, demeaning tests for women. That required an ordinance and that could have been done right away tomorrow, but they haven't okay. done that. Okay, okay. Done last, that. last word from uh, Ranjana Kumari. Uh, Ma'am, you wanted to come in before we wrap. Go ahead. 
No, I just I just wanted to say that if it is just the beginning and it's just the ordinance to just say that most convenient points have been taken in and then less rest will be discussed in the parliament, then certainly there will be a controversy about all the other three very major issues that we have been saying from the very beginning. Right. That, you know, the uh, the whole issue of politicians, issue of the uh, p personnel in uh, uniform, issue of ma marital rape, then all those issues that we have been saying are the serious, serious effort by the... Uh, report to change the way the mindset is about it and secondly implementation you know how are they ensuring that you know by bringing all this okay fine you passed in our ordinance the problem is in terms of implementation has there been any effort to create the mechanism by which all these things that have been said will be implemented yes. that's where we are failing we are failing in terms of our systems in uh, in criminal justice system in law enforcement system so in all that what is government planning to do is it uh, is it that they are going to invest something in that is money being put on the table right. or it is just being a talk okay. that, okay, fine, the most convenient thing is pass, pass an ordinance and they have passed it. Okay, we welcome it. Okay, so so we, we're completely out of time. So in essence, is this ordinance a red herring which is only selectively picking up some of the aspects of the Verma Commission report and leaving out more radical changes or is the government genuinely committed to those changes? Perhaps too early to say tonight, but obviously a story that we're going to keep an eye on. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, all of you for joining us, Ranjana Kumari, Kavita Krishnan, Siddharth Vardarajan, Soli Sorabji and Abhishek Singhvi. Thanks very much indeed. Moving on now to another one of our big stories. The row over Salman Rushdie not being allowed to appear at the Kolkata Literary Festival has escalated. Rushdie today issued a statement saying that he was clearly asked to stay away from the festival or that he would be put on a plane and sent back and that the police leaked details of his itinerary to sabotage his visit. But the Trinamool Congress says that they congratulated the state government for blocking him. The man apparently behind it all, the Imam of the Tipu Sultan Mosque, who called up Mamta and told her to keep Rashti out of Kolkata. Mamta Banerji said to Jisdin, who was in the Dajiling, who was saying he is Mamta's party colleagues too are unapologetic. अगर सरकार ने किया हो पश्चिम बंगाल के सरकार ने आने में रोका हो तो मैं सरकार को बधाई देता हूं और ममता बनर्जी को बधाई देता हूं। also slammed the organizers of the Kolkata Literary Meet, his alleged hosts, on Wednesday. The literary meet organizers are lying when they say I wasn't invited. I have emails and plane tickets sent by them to prove it. Malavika Banerjee, the organizer of the literary meet, refused to comment. But book fair authorities were scathing. We didn't send any invitation to him at all. We didn't send him the air ticket, which I think uh, you were, uh, you were so showing in your channels. Maybe he is a very great writer, but he is lying. On the ground, Ordinary people in Kolkata are treading on eggshells on taking a position. I wouldn't uh, know uh, what uh, reason prompted the government from taking this action, but uh, 
if it's anything apart from law and order situation, then I uh, still feel it's not too fortunate. But Magasese Award winner Mohsheta Devi is outraged. Salman Rushdie has not been allowed to come. It's something extremely unfortunate. Opinion is clearly divided on whether Salman Rushdie couldn't make it to Kolkata or whether it's unfortunate that he couldn't come to the city of joy. But questions remain about the role of the government in the whole exercise. In Kolkata with Nirmal Sarkar, Munidipa Banerjee, NDTV. Well, let's go uh, straight across to Kolkata where I'm joined by Professor Amiya K. Chaudhary, who's a senior fellow at the Maulana Abdul Kalam Azad Institute of Social Studies. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight, Professor. What do you make of Salman Rushdie's very direct taking on of Mamta Banerjee and of the West Bengal state government saying that he was categorically told that if he was to land in Kolkata, he would be put on a plane and sent back. Uh, I, I think uh, Salman Rushdie is always uh, very controversial. Even this, uh, his comment on Mamta Banerjee that uh, uh, she's, uh, he's not allowed to uh, come to Calcutta airport, Mamata Banerjee would uh, send her back to, back to uh, elsewhere. But I, I, I don't think uh, that Mamata Banerjee has uh, told it uh, like this. But it is a fact that Salman Rushdie, uh, in his expressions, in his uh, roaming here and there over, and also in his writings, uh, he is always controversial. Now, but, uh, professor, uh, professor, sorry to interrupt here, but I'm surprised, professor, I'm surprised that you, in this case, will find Salman Rushdie controversial, and not the statement of Maulana Barkati, the Imam of the Tipu Sultan Mosque, who has said on camera, you must have just seen that report, where he says, I spoke to Mamta Banerjee when she was in Darjeeling, just one day before Salman was to come, she said, don't worry, I won't let him come, ours is a secular state, it will remain secular, he says that she told him that he is not Salman, he is a shaitan. This is outrageous. How can you, how can you uh, condone that? No, no, I am not condemning anything or anybody, but you know, uh, this is a private conversation. I do not know how to uh, you, uh, get it. You know, uh, there are certain medias here in West Bengal, as, as also national medias, they are, also, they are just after the blood of uh, Mount Banerjee. I do not know. What makes them so hateful or uh, spiteful against uh, Mamta Banerjee? But there is no conspiracy but, you know, here, Professor. Have, there is no conspiracy. No, no, this is this is an no, no, on-camera quote of Maulana Barkati. He is saying it himself on camera. This is not a uh, this is not but, assumption here yeah, yeah, or insinuation. No, 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 no you just listen. You know, we have got a very bad experience the last time here in Calcutta. Uh, that uh, well, well, the left front was uh, over there, yes. and I was at that time in Sikkim, and found what happened in case of the in case of Toslim uh, 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 and Nasrin. Yes. You know, uh, there might be some law and order problem, and it is not possible for Calcutta, it is not possible for West Bengal government, almost a poor state, to contain the if. Anything happens, it would have been very difficult to Sir, control how, this is, so, Professor, know. Professor, Professor, how can the state abdicate its responsibility by saying that we cannot contain law and order? That is the primary responsibility of the state. Let's go across, when, and especially when it comes to a writer. No, no, it is, it's a, no, a writer no, no, can no, no, hardly no, be no, called no, a law and order threat to that extent. I can understand yes, if you are talking about yes, 
some kind I, of a riot I, situation. I, uh, let's just go across to Kiran Nagarkar, a no, leading no, no, writer one, and one, author. One, one he joins point. me from no, Mumbai. No, no, I'll just come back no, no, to the no, second professor. Senior, one point. One, one point. One yes. point. One point. Please, one point. That you know, Salman Rushdie, to maintain Salman Rushdie, even the uh, most developed countries like the United States of America or Great Britain, they had to spend a lot of money. And even in India, still now, there's 19, from 1998, this book uh, by, uh, written by Salman Rushdie, Satanic Verses, is banned over here. But, uh, no. And you know, when, but when, not when the he... developed countries... Not no, anymore. No. He was developed countries he, had to, not anymore. He's in Mumbai. He's wandering around Mumbai. There seems to be no threat to it, it his security matter. there. It, it, it can I bring in? No, it, can I bring no, in Kiran Nagarkar? Please, no, please, please. Let me allow me no, 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 to widen no, the does, discussion. It does, it does, it Kiran Nagarkar, being a student of the yeah. what do you no, make no, of, no, no, what do you make of the, the argument? Being, what do you make of the no, argument extended here? No, 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 no. Sir, please. I must now bring in the other guests. It's most unfair to them. Please allow me. What do you make of the argument that? The state is simply at a loss to protect an author and a threat to his security when in fact you clearly have religious leaders saying on camera that they were assured that Rushdie would not be allowed to enter Kolkata. Um, Srinivas, my only contention is that if the state is incapable of looking after its own people, including writers, why bother to have any leadership at all? And I find that um, invariably it is the um, authors or um, film people who are the victims of uh, the so-called sensitivities of our, of our uh, different communities. And we have completely forgotten that it has become totally a matter of competition. Uh, I, I recall distinctly, for instance, when... Uh, uh, some films were banned earlier on uh, the Da Vinci Code. You know, the censor board has given an okay certificate once a state-sponsored body, whether we like censorship or not, has given permission. Where is the question of not supporting uh, the author or whoever it is? Yes. And Salman Rushdie has been through such hell before, I think it's about time we realize that the man has every right to move around in, in India. We are not talking about satanic verses just now at all. So I cannot, fi cannot figure out for the life of me what is it except the fact that these are politically mo motivated um, people who are bringing in all these objections. Well, this it's is this nothing is actually, but the vote bank, isn't there? This is, there is actually some traction to this theory because a number of articles have appeared suggesting that this is perhaps linked to the fact that West Bengal is going to go into Panchayat polls very early this coming year and that the Muslim vote bank is crucial for Mamta Banerjee and that this particular Imam is crucial for those elections and therefore he has the confidence to say on camera that he was assured by the Chief Minister that Salman Rushdie who is in fact a shaitan will not be allowed uh, to enter the state. And this is all the more tragic given West Bengal's own rich literary tradition and its strong tradition of a liberal intellectual culture. It is, it is a terrible so thing happening, as, especially as you said, as you pointed out, Bengal of all the people, uh, Bengal of all the, uh, this, uh, the states in the country is doing this, uh, which is one of the most shameful acts for that uh, state. But I find that it has been going on so often 
And if I may just take half a minute to say one other thing. I think there is now a established tradition in India to prevent our uh, cartoonists or anybody else from um, really doing their own work, which all these years, starting from Nehru and Ambedkar, never created any problems for anybody. So we are not supposed to do our job any longer. Professor Chaudhary, uh, Professor Chaudhary, yes, I want to ask the, you that quite the, apart from the statement from the, the Maulana, we also have a statement from Sultan Ahmed, who is of course the Trinamool Congress MP, who says that if Mamta Banerjee blocks Salman Rushdie from coming to Kolkata, he says, I congratulate her and I congratulate the TMC. Because you know, Sultan Ahmed is a party member, is a uh, party member as also he is a uh, he is an MP. What but he has doesn't said, this clearly I indicate, no idea. doesn't this clearly indicate that this is nothing but political opportunism ahead of these panchayat Poli polls in order to play the politics of the worst kind of minorityism that has led Mamta Banerjee I, to do I, 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 I do not agree to that. If you just go into the uh, statistics of votes uh, 2008, you will find that without Mamata Banerjee's doing anything like that, communalism or so, uh, Mamata Banerjee, that means opposition, they have, they won, uh, they just uh, came out with flying colors. Therefore, it doesn't matter whether Mamata Banerjee is going to face uh, panchayat elections uh, some months ahead. The position, the situation of 2009 may. may not be the situation of 2013. A lot can happen in politics over four years. That's number one. Number two, if it is not political opportunism, Professor, then why, as Kiran Nagarkar says, can a state government publicly abdicate responsibility for protecting its own citizens? If yeah, so, does that state government you know, you, have uh, any legitimacy? No, no, it is a fallacious argument. You know, right, uh, to keep law and order problem intact in the state, it is the primary functions of the state government, no doubt about it. But you know, Salman Rushdie's coming to Calcutta is not that ordinary. It's not that ordinary. Salman Rushdie's uh, life. What is the fear? What, what is the fear? What, you've made this point more than once. What is the fear if Salman Rushdie was to come to Kolkata? What are you? What What is the? At least the perceived if fear. There is, if, 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 no, no, no. If there, if there arises uh, some sort of hulabbalu uh, and some sort of disturbances, law and order problem, it would not be possible for the government of Bengal. It is even not possible for uh, India, India to uh, contain the contentious people, and therefore it is like a small state, of, like in uh, like West Bengal. It is not possible to no, uh, give complete com complete security. Complete okay, security uh, let me go to, back to Kiran uh, Salman Rushdie. Let me go back to Kiran Nagarka. You keep saying this, uh, Professor. I find this quite extraordinary because as Salman Rushdie says that his plan was to travel to four cities, Delhi, Bangalore, Kolkata and Mumbai for the premiere of his movie. And he's managed to visit all these cities without any problem at all. Kiran Nagarkar, is this Salman Rushdie threat bogey being exaggerated, Kiran? Yeah, it's a bogey. It's a complete bogey, you know, because let's get this straight. When Even when he... When the other gentleman says that, you know, it's not an ordinary visit. Well, all the more reason for the state to do its job instead of resign. And, and if they can't do their job, just resign. It's as simple as that. And, you know, um, uh, Srinivas, I also wanted to ask you one thing. You know, what is the responsibility of our courts? Because when it comes to um, their responsibility in terms of making sure that 
if the censor board is a legal body and it has given the sanction, then if anybody interferes with that process, aren't the courts supposed to be also very, very alert and to take action about this? You're bringing in and your mentioning... Really laws. Right. You're talking here about the, the Vishwarupam uh, controversy, which has also uh, been a bit of a standoff today. Again, with these groups, the protesting groups in Chennai, they met Kamal Hassan. Uh, they didn't uh, seem to make any headway. So, uh, again, a case of self-appointed censors having their way. Uh, but, Kiran, I just want to take you up on that last point about the, the bogey, as you said, of the threat perception to Salman Rushdie. Uh, do you believe that given the fact that he can apparently move around other parts of this country without too much of a threat or too much of an anxiety, uh, has the climate changed? I mean, is it more to do with political opportunism that creates this constant perception that he's under threat, while in fact it's a very different India into which he now visits uh, than the India of the time when the satanic verses came out? Of course it is a very different India and also... I, I have absolutely, I'm sorry to be so categorical, but I have absolutely no doubt that that the entire motivation behind whatever uh, the Chief Minister of uh, Bengal is doing is primarily the vote bank. Right. There is no other reason that I can think of at all. Okay, can and I just it is quickly disgraceful. go across to... Yes, uh, Kiran, uh, just a, a quick uh, second, because I need to just go across to Amit Chaudhary, uh, another leading yeah. author who joins us. We've had some trouble yeah. getting his lineup, Amit, but uh, good to finally have you on. Uh, your thoughts today on a day when Salman Rushdie has come out quite clearly and laid the blame for his being prevented from entering Kolkata at the doorstep of Mamta Banerjee and the West Bengal government. Okay. Uh, as you said, I've had trouble getting uh, you know, this line. Can you hear me? Are you able to hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, well... Um, I don't know what the story is behind uh, Rashmi not being able to come to Calcutta, but it is part of a larger story. A story which has been going on for a long, long time now, for decades. It began with the banning of the satanic verses, and it has gone on since then um, to, to today. Uh, where, where I'm concerned, um, what is at issue is a very basic thing. Uh, the freedom of expression, which one understands is a very basic right granted by our uh, Constitution, and also what does the law say about um, the freedom of expression that people and individuals have, uh, authors have, uh, and to what extent does the law protect us against uh, various opinions that there are bound to be in a free country about what is offensive, what is not. Uh, there has to be clarity on this one issue. I, it seems to me that there is a failure in people to invoke the, the law. There is, a, there is a kind of ignorance about the law on this matter. And so we had a kind of repeated uh, transgression um, of our right to freedom of expression, uh, which then gets covered by this um, you know, uh, debate about whether an author was offensive or not. Nice. Uh, the question is not whether sentiments have been hurt or whether an author did cause offense or an artist or whoever. The question is, do we have a right to cause offense within a democracy and does a law, uh, is a law in there in existence which 
protects our right to cause it. But in, in this case, and that is a very important law. In this case, Amit, because of the because of the the huge gap between the satanic versus controversy and where we are today, uh, it, it's not even clear if it's that, or it just seems to be playing on uh, political grievances, on on vote bank politics, dredging up old animosities, which at least don't seem to exist unilaterally in other parts of the country, or at least other state governments uh, you know, don't seem to face Why or have reacted the in the same manner. Uh, can I just, can I, sorry, Professor, can I just get Amit, uh, because he, he's not had a chance to speak. Uh, there's also, Amit, no, a somewhat uh, unseemly sidebar to all of this, which, the, which is, of course, the fact that the festival organizers are now themselves distancing themselves uh, from all of this, saying we never invited Rushdi. Well, you know, this is an old story, which is why, you know, there's always the story of political opportunism uh, uh, connected with this. But also in that, within that, there is an older story to do with uh, authors themselves or gallery owners or publishers or festival organizers capitulating. So, you know, I think the festival organizers, if this is true, I don't know. Uh, would have known there might be some controversy where if Rushdie came along, uh, but were willing to risk that. But once controversy occurs to this degree, what happens is people capitulate. Right. And 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 you know this. There is. A, I think we do have a right, but we don't stand by that right uh, strongly enough. We think in the end uh, it is easier for us to let go of it for the time being and then move on, and then protest again when another thing happens. But uh, I think what is needed is a sustained holding of the nerve and legal recourse uh, in, in situations yes. like this to counter against uh, what are an opaque maze, what is an opaque maze of motives uh, posing as grievance uh, or, or, you know, this voice of... The, uh, while claiming it is representing a community, we don't even know if it is no, really representing a community. I, I, uh, coming up at this point of time. Okay, I think that's. I think that's an important note to end on. Uh, but we're completely out of time. Thank no, you very much indeed, no, uh, Kiran no, Nagarkar, no, 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 Professor and Amit Chaudhary for joining us. We'll have to leave it there. But thank you uh, so much for joining us. That's all we have time for on India Decides from all of us here. Good night.